together again. Gee, it's good to be together again. But do you know who this was written by? Who is this written by? You don't know? Uh, Tom Patchett, Jay Terras, and Frank Oz. Okay, so we know who Frank Oz is, obviously. Yes. Tell me who Tom Patchett and I can't, Jay Tarsus is. I can't believe you don't know this. I don't. This I didn't is, look it up. This is my mind blower. Oh, like this, I'm excited. One, it applies to me. I saw this. I literally laughed out loud for probably 10 minutes. Oh, that's great. So Tom Patchett, no big deal. He created ALF. Which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, Alf is but so good. That is just the appetizer, Melvin, sir. Melvin, you leave me in stitch. Oh, that's the cartoon. <laughs> but Jay Tars, name doesn't sound familiar? God, no. Everything is cream cheese, sir. That's oh, Coach oh Finstock, baby. Coach Finstock. He did this in short circuit. He wrote these two movies. Never date a woman with a dagger tattoo. 12 hours of sleep. I should be borrowing money from you. <laughs> You what a dig on the job for your dad over the hardware store. What what happened to that kid? I don't know. He was third string. What's it matter? Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content. And a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, welcome to our episode on Muppets Take Manhattan. OMG. It's, please don't, OMG, get please, it? Don't do any Muppet <laughs> imitations for the rest of the Kirby's show. Kirby's fun. Dear God. Miss Max, Biggie. if yeah. you're looking to get a mortgage, if you're in the Manhattan real estate market, that's no joke. Get your own lockbox. You better, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to make the money before you get to Broadway, and Sonic Loans is the best way to save money. And what does saving money mean, Max? It means you're making More money. Muppets that you can buy and keep in your house. Sonic Loans is the best place to get a new mortgage or to refinance the one you have. Reach out to Charlie and his team. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Get ready to enjoy the loan experience. Don't trust something this big in anyone else's hands. Call Sonic Loans today and enjoy the entire loan experience. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. 
Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. For a free consultation, call 248-595-0001. If I was uh, shopping my first musical in Manhattan and someone told me that they need $100, was it $300 per person or $100? $300. $300 per person. In the 80s. It sounds like a scam. It does. Adjusted for inflation, it's $6.5 million max. I don't have that kind of money. Do you? Of course you don't, Max. This is why you need an attorney in your corner. (laughs) Who knows if Kermit knew if he was getting married or not? This is why you need to have a divorce divorce attorney. You need a contracts attorney. Take insurance. Uh, By the way, bird law. Forget being engaged. If Gonzo wants to marry Camilla, what's Gonzo going to need? Bird law. It's true. It's very true. Ian and his team of expert attorneys are waiting for your call. Reach out today and get started on your fun, enjoyable legal journey. Today's episode, The Muppets Take Manhattan. In 1979, Kermit the Frog left the pond and headed for Hollywood. On the way, he met a bear with a Studebaker, a weirdo with a bent nose, a pretty pig, and a dog that sang the blues, all while being hunted by the sinister owner of a Frog Legs restaurant chain. This debut Muppet feature film was called, appropriately, The Muppet Movie. In 1981, Kermit and Fozzie the Bear played news reporters who also happened to be brothers, along with their photographer, Gonzo, They headed across the pond, where they spoiled the attempted robbery of the baseball diamond. This gem, no pun intended, was the Great Muppet Caper. But today on Buzz in the Tower, we're heading to the city that never sleeps, the Big Apple, the city so nice they named it twice, as we put on makeup and dress up right and chat about a classic, The Muppets Take Manhattan. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Snooky Ookums to my Ralph the Dog, Max Sanders. And with that, look at me. Here I am, right where I belong. I see that bass coming back to me like an old familiar song. What better place could anyone be? Cause you're here with me. It's all I've been looking for and so much more. And now I'm here. Now you're here, nothing can go wrong, cause I am right where I belong. Hey Mo, could our friends listen to the podcast from backstage? Wait a minute, no, no they cannot listen to our show from backstage. That's it, that's what's been missing from the show. That's what we need, more frogs and dogs and bears and chickens and whatever. You're not going to listen to our show, you're going to be in the show. Come on everybody! Yay! Look at us. Here we are. Buzzing the tower. How excited are you for this? I get to talk about the Muppets. So how have we not done done this before? I I don't know. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? I can't believe you picked this one, though. (laughs) The Great Muppet Caper is great. The problem is the best Muppet movie ever made is the Muppet movie. It's not in the 80s. That's true. It is unquestionably. Well, this is the most heartfelt, I think. Ah, yes, young Padawan. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. I know. Not my my flavor. I I know you don't like this. (laughs) I like irrelevance. (laughs) You are a Muppet. Yeah. You are a Muppet. Yay! (laughs) I saw this meme. It's like Michael Caine and Tim Curry are the two best best actors to ever work with Muppets is uh-huh. because Michael Caine treats the Muppets like they're actors and Tim Curry is a Muppet. Yeah. I agree with everything yeah. you just said. Max. He looks like one. Max. Yeah. Welcome to Yay! the show. <laughs> Word of the day. <laughs> oh man. So can we, Canadian airs. 
Can it's we, hurting me. Yeah. So thick. It is. Milk, milk was a mistake. <laughs> Can we get into the psychology of why you like Muppets? That's what I wrote down. So I'm really curious. Like, yes, 100%. I have, I have some feelings. Are, do you feel like you're Kermit? It's like the protector. You want to kind of like. Can, can I, I love what you're doing. Okay. I'm not cutting you off because for the first time in the almost three years that we've done this podcast, <laughs> I actually am like happy to be here. I love what you're doing. It's thought out. Makes sense. Yeah. But before we do that, Max. Okay. For those who have never been to Buzz in the Tower, you picked the right day because yeah. we're talking about the Muppets Take Manhattan. Mo's favorite. My fave. And to clarify. It's your, I, it's your favorite anything pop culture, anything, right? Anything having to do with Jim Henson or Frank Oz, yeah. I'm in. It, so is it your favorite pop culture yes. icon? Some people are like Disney. Yep. Some people are Star Wars versus Star Trek. Yep. Some people are DC versus Marvel. I'm Jim Henson. Yeah. Like anything Jim Henson, sign me up. Sign me up twice. I'll give blood. I'll pay the admission to go. What's the Muppet community like? It's so positive and wonderful. Oh, really? When, cool. I, when I took my kids to Disney for the very first time, yep. outside of the Hall of Presidents, there is a kind of like terrifying big, Lincoln. I know. There's like a big <laughs> like cathedral and like a clock tower. Save the clock tower. No, it's not that one. <laughs> and I'm sitting out there. I have no idea what's about to happen. I didn't know. And I, I hear this noise. And all of a sudden I hear, hi ho. And I look up and there's a full Muppet show with Muppets. Uh, coming out of the like the little gazebo area and it's all like like audio you can hear crisp and clean and i'm just sitting there with my head tilted in the air for like 30 yeah. minutes just like this is i, I lived my whole life for this moment <laughs> did you meet kermit well he's he's up like 200 feet oh got it I, he was out on the clock down. Yeah, yeah okay yeah, cool yeah, you yeah. said gazebo Freaking yeah I, I don't know where gazebo came you got from. excited gazebos are fun. i am excited fun but, to say. but before we get into my psychological issues yeah because most of this episode won't even be about the muppets taking no it's unraveling why you're young, kermit yeah, why i am kermit uh welcome to the show if you've not already please subscribe follow like leave a review if you're looking for more content head on over to any of our social media platforms at Buzz in the Tower. That's the handle. B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also our website, buzzinthetower.com. If you're looking to put a little more cheddar into the Swiss cheese sandwich, if you know what I mean, head on over to head on over to patreon.com slash buzzinthetower where you can be a maverick, an iceman, or dare I say... Viper? Viper. Yeah. Although I'm missing one. Goose. A goose. Yeah. The goose is on the loose. The silliest of goose. And Max... Yes. Now we can talk about what we came here to talk about. Muppets. The to answer your question. Yeah. Allow me to get back. No, go to your first experience. I'm gonna give it to you right okay. now. Okay. It was a cold, dark night. There are I wanna think about the best way to say this. Was like the let, me ask, mo- let me let me throw a question back to you. Okay. Is, is there something that you love that you recognize both you recognize both contemporary reasons to love it, but also recognize that it was happenstance that it was introduced to you at an early age. Ooh, no, I hated my childhood. Right. So <laughs> it's good talk. I was just a nervous Nelly. I know. Yeah. Everything are, before 18 is black. Are you, are you familiar with the VCR? Yes. Okay. So well, the VCR prior to the VCR family matter recordings, yeah. hanging with Mr. Cooper prior to that. Have you heard of Betamax? I have. I was before my time. Yeah, so it's, it's the big circle, right? No, it is not. That's, oh, it is, that's Laserdisc. It, that's Laserdisc. Okay. Betamax was a different size VHS cassette. It looks just like VHS. Bigger or smaller? God, for the life of me, I want to say bigger. But it feels I bigger. Be wrong. Yeah. And my dad, the 
pioneer and genius he was, was in this like fractured percent of people that were like, ah, that's the ticket, Betamax. And he got us a Betamax, which like as we got older, it was the most brutal thing in the world because we go to rent movies and I had to go like- And he was stubborn. Way back in the day, way back in the day, they'd have like a VHS and then they'd have a Betamax. And then as like years progressed, there'd be less and less. So finally, we got to get a new VCR. This is killing us. However, on our Betamax, there is this little record button with a long cord. It wasn't wireless. It was a cord, and it was like a press your thumb, like depress, impress the Got button. It. to Oppenheimer, record. hydrogen so, yeah, bomb. So you could, you could record what was on TV. Yep. The tradition in my home was, and my family, my mom and dad fought like you can't even, like they fought. They yep. were not the happiest of people with each other. However. When the Muppets were on. When the Muppets were on. Oh, there it is. My mom, my dad, me and my sister would sit down, put in a blank tape, and we would record and watch every episode. And I mean, that was our family show. I didn't watch Saturday Night Live growing up. I didn't watch, you know, I, again, Disney and reruns. So when the Disney Channel came out and mm. we got cable and I was a little bit older, I was watching all of the classics like Davy Crockett, all this stuff. Like, I, I loved it. But The Muppets was first, right? And we watched The Muppet Show. That's the original reason why I love The Muppets. I didn't understand why I really love the Muppets until I got older, but I just, it was my first introduction. And, and I, I don't want to take credit away from Jim Henson or what he created. The reason most people love the Muppets is what I asked you at the beginning. Is there something that you recognize independently that it has value, but also happenstance that you were introduced to it? It was my first addiction. That was the drug of choice that I was given when I was young. Also, it was exceptionally unique. Jim Henson spoke to children not like they were idiots. This isn't Teletubbies, right? Yeah, this, it's the, the first for adults and for kids thing, right? You got it. My parents could watch The Muppet Show and laugh at the innuendo and jokes and the tips of the hat and the, you know, the waka waka wakas. But as a kid, I just loved seeing like the silliness and the absurdity and it blended it perfectly. I would argue it was the pioneer of things like The Simpsons, South Park, SpongeBob, all of Rand them Stimby. exist because of this Jim Henson, right? Yep. And Jim Henson himself, incredibly unique guy, right? He he had a dark side. Not, yeah, not, dark crystal not, yeah, side. Dark, and when I say dark side, I don't mean like, you know, like like he wasn't like beating up Muppets on the side. No, Labyrinth's weird. Right. It's a little bit off, a little and goth. And that's actually what he likes to do. Like, I think that's why the Muppets work, because he sprinkled it in. But, like, so, yeah. well, but he also was really committed. I mean, like, really committed to content with a cause. He didn't want to just create stuff. Like, he vigorously fought for G-rated movies, mm. which were not popular. In Only four 80- in this, in 84. You yeah. got it, yeah. yeah. So, like, and, and from, a, from a studio perspective... They have their agenda. They're taking a commodity. The Muppets were a commodity. How do we make more money on the commodity? He he really had a story to tell. He wanted to show friendship, values, peace. He was a hippie. Jim Henson was a giant hippie. He looks hippie, like one, yeah. And he wanted to make the world a better place. His songs, right? The Rainbow Connection. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? You know, like- Because everyone's of every color. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was progressive. Mm. Um, he just wanted there to be representation. Blues, jazz, rock and roll- African American culture, yeah. white Gonzo's culture. made it marrying uh, chickens. Yeah, and pigs and and frogs, and then take yourself to Sesame Street, right? Yep. Sesame Street, there's just this rainbow. Not to 
use the term again, of color from Hispanic, African-American, white, Jewish, Christian. Who's the bald black guy? I love him. George? For the life of me. I, Is I, it George? I, I, I met him once. And technically, Sesame Street would be really my first, first introduction, but I was way more into Fraggle Rock and The Muppet Show. And Sesame Street What's was the difference, really, do you think? Like, what do you think? It's less learning and more kind of a... Sesame like, Street is absolutely catered to a younger age. Sesame, Sesame Street is a phenomenal pre-K, kindergarten... Got it. Like, so the like the jokes aren't really there in the yeah, same way. Yeah, they still do a great job. Again, yeah. they never talk down to kids. They're always at the kids' level. They never make the kids feel stupid. Um, and there's some great... like I used to watch Sharon, Lois, and Bram. Like, There's all these great shows out there. But for me... The, at the pinnacle of them was anything Jim Henson did and real themes talking about real emotional things. So going back to your question that you asked me about why it resonates with me. Initially it resonates with me just because it was good. It was just fun to watch. Yeah. It was good. And I family moments. Yeah, it was yeah. family moments. As I got older, what I really started to appreciate more is that my goal for much of my life, you know how my friend group is. Like I've got crazy. this crazy got yeah, take the crazy aside. I've got this pod. <laughs> it's hard to do. I've got this like pod of like five or six people that are so important to me. They're like my family. And Jim Henson's journey was creating and meeting these people and bringing them all along with them. The, the entire theme of the Muppet movie was him moving to Hollywood to make it big and bringing all of his friends along with him. In The Muppets Take Manhattan, Kermit has to keep the friend group together so they all don't splinter and go their separate ways. Did he want to, though? He, I think he was convinced, right? They're like, Oh, no, he wanted enough. to. Okay. Want. People argue that Kermit the Frog is not supposed to be Jim Henson. Kermit the Frog is who Jim Henson wanted to be. Gonzo is Jim Henson, right? <laughs> really? Yeah, because think about it. Like, Gonzo is just, he's weird. He feels like a weirdo. He's awkward. And, you know, that's kind of like who Jim Henson saw himself as. Kermit the Frog was confident, the bravado, the leader. That's who Jim Henson wanted. Who do you see yourself as? You're, Ooh. I feel like you're Kermit. Fozzie. No, I'm Fozzie. The bear. You're a constant fixer. You're Fozzie a hero position. I, well, leaned I, on by everyone. I don't want I'm leader Kermit. dreamer. I'm Kermit. Come on. He's, Kermit's too good. No, I'm more of a weirdo. I'm beaker. You're, you're beaker for sure. Me, 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 me. And I'm Dr. Bunsen honeydew. That's pretty good. <laughs> Would you get that tattoo with me? No. No. I am itching for more Muppet tattoos. Though. Yeah, you got Animal. I do have Animal. Although Animal is problematic in this movie. Very. Woman! Woman! <laughs> That's every movie. <laughs> FYI. I was also watching, uh, I watched a couple episodes of Muppet Babies, which we'll talk about Love later. Love Muppet Babies. And I the realized- socks. I realized that the, the woman that was caring for all the children probably should have raised some concern about Animal as compared to the <laughs> development of the other children that she was dealing with, but- I guess she just. Do we ever see her that. face? Nope. No. Purposefully. Yeah. The movie, the show wasn't about her. It was about the kids. I know. And their imagination and their world. It's like her and uh, God, the evil guy from Inspector, Inspector Gadget. Gadget. Yeah. They yeah. showed his face finally. Don't like it. Yeah, but not in the original, so it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's like canon it. though. You're right. It is canon. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I didn't think they showed his face. I thought there was a toy that came out that showed his face. I no, they originally. They just did it where they showed his face. I think. I'm gonna look that up. Okay. I don't know that I agree with your assessment, but yeah, I mean my. My love for the Muppets, and it's kind of heartbreaking. My kids are not Muppet kids. Not at I all. try. Yeah. I try. It's just not their thing. Did you try to play cool? Very much so, yeah. because I know that if I jam it on them, yep. that they won't be into it. So did, I, maybe they'll get into it when they get Did you go through a phase where you didn't like them, or no, is never, it universal? Never. Got it. So I, without turning this into, I mean, I guess every podcast we do is the Mo podcast, where I just talk about things important to me. Yeah. But I will share with you one of my all-time favorite memories revolving around the Muppets is my tattoo. I think I've told you this story before, but I'll tell it again. I don't know the animal origin. You don't? No. It's really cool. 
So you know, it's wasted in Mexico. No, I wish that would. I don't. That's not cool. So I like part of what I like about. I your, have tattoos like that. I know, but you have enough tattoos that there's overwhelmingly more stories of value than there are stories of stupidity. I have a tattoo that says the tattoo means nothing. Yeah, I know. But I actually think that's kind of cool. It is funny. I like it's metal. An old woman, an old woman that. at Whole Foods pointed at it and she goes, "That's funny." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, it is." And then you're like, "What are you doing later?" Then she's like, "Put your pants on, sir." <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing later? She have a large Emilio! dog, and I tip my hat. Um, <laughs> All right, animal. You ready? Tattoo. All right, here we go. It's the summer of 1947. When I was 12 years old, all I wanted in the world was a tattoo. Does that surprise you? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It's a little intense. Well, for you went through puberty like early. I was like 11. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah you had a mustache. Was, like, yeah, I need a tattoo. Is, are tattoos tied to puberty? I didn't know that. That's well, no, I don't know. You're masculine. You want it's something fair. manly. It's fair. So, at 12 years old, I yeah. would have been, been in sixth <laughs> grade. Young young Mo. Yeah. <laughs> I use the quarter blood technique. Yeah. That's probably my favorite scene in uh, in trading places. Yeah. He's in jail. You love that. It's great. So, I would have been in sixth grade when I was 12. Yep. So my parents got separated when I was in fifth grade or fourth. So I was about 10 or 11 when my parents got separated. And that probably impacted my brain a little bit. Probably still is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, a, just a hint, a skosh. But I really wanted a tattoo. And I went to my mom and I was like, I really want a tattoo. And my mom, At 11? My mom, yeah. My mom, no, it was sixth grade. Well, still. I mean, and my mom was like, absolutely not. Yeah. And I was relentless. And she's like, absolutely not. She's like, you know what, Mo, go ask your father. And this is a classic, classic. No, but it's funny though, because this is what happens when parents get divorced. Actually, it happens when they're married too, but in particular, when they get divorced, my mom had had enough of my crap. She'd just be like, go talk to your father. I went to my dad having zero hope that he would say yes. And my dad said yes with three conditions, which I was stunned by. He said, condition one, you have to wait two years. 14? Yeah. So the idea was not that he was concerned about my age, but he wanted to make sure that this wasn't like a, you know, a whim on a whim that I wanted it. Sure. I mean, really think about it. Number two, I had to research and find a very clean and reputable place and show him that research. Now, remember, this is the height of the AIDS epidemic. This is also, you know, there's no internet. I can't get like Yelp reviews. So he really was putting it on me to like understand what are the safety precautions that you're taking? This is just when wearing plastic gloves became a thing, right? Yep. Like, so it was an important enough thing for him to look into. And he said, the third thing is I had to pay for my tattoo and I had to pay for his tattoo. Oh, that's cool. Is it though? I was shocked that he allowed this to be the case. So I did everything he asked. I saved up my money. I used to sling uh, ice cream over at the dairy mat by my house. Really? Yeah, like when I was thirteen years one old. One for them, one for you. Paid a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of a punch ball. I w- I well, no, age. I wouldn't be able to. Eat, I wouldn't be able to resist ice cream. I made three dollars an hour. What was your favorite ice cream? Uh, it was all vanilla. What? Because it, it was like so. It wasn't like a, a basket. It was a mixin kind of yeah, thing. It was, it, was, it was. I didn't work there very long. <laughs> What's the place called? All vanilla. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's the name of your massage parlor. <laughs> Robert Kraft is a uh, frequent oh, customer. Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus Christ! So I saved the money. I don't even know how I saved the money because I think I worked like two shifts there. But somehow I saved. You're the a money. bookie. I was making early uh, early '90s Lions bets on Robert Porsche <laughs> and Corey Schlesinger. So I um I save up the money. I wait two years. I research and find a place called Royal Oak Tattoo on Main Street, right in downtown Royal. Oak. Still there? It's on Main or Washington? Might have been in Washington. I believe it's still there. It was there as of. About 10 or 15 years ago, because my Lions tattoo, I got it done there. Also cool. So I I get all this done. I go to talk to my dad. 
I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And my dad during that period of time had gotten Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's, whichever is the cancer that won't kill you, but it's still not great for you. Mm. And his doctor, because of his immune system being weakened, was like no unnecessary risks and was like, you're not getting a tattoo. Again, in hindsight, now that I'm 44, I don't even know if that was true, but that's what he said. Yep. So I go back to my mom devastated because I all I thought about for two years was this. And you know me, I can hold on to a thought. So I go back to my mom and I'm like, I did everything I was supposed to do. Dad will not go with me now to get it. And I fought with her and fought with her. And she finally relented and said, I will go with you to get a tattoo. I understand now why she did this. At the time, I was very surprised by it. But her strategy was, my son's an idiot. And if I don't go with him, he's going to get a Mike Tyson tattoo 20 years before Mike Tyson got one on his face. And she was right. So I'm I'm researching all of these different tattoos. Max, some of the original tattoos I was going to get, a, a gator, like an alligator, yep. on two feet with shotgun shells across his chest holding a shotgun. That's amazing. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Can we get that now? <laughs> it gets worse. What's the relevance of that? It gets worse. Um, Wiley Coyote holding a meat cleaver in his right hand and the roadrunner's head in his left hand. Oh, my God. These are all the things I showed my mom. They, they Again, they still do this at tattoo places. Those big catalogs. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just looking at them, looking at them. I'm like, oh, mom, this is going to be great. So I go with my mom to the tattoo place. Like, I'm getting a tattoo. And she's like, I will not support or let you do this unless I okay it. I, I'm looking, I'm looking, I can't find anything. My mom is looking at another binder and she says, Mo, come here. And she opens the binder up to this incredible tattoo on this guy's back of animal in his entire drum kit. That's cool. And I was like, oh my gosh. I, I, it never even dawned upon me that someone could do Muppet tattoos. Mm. And she looks at me and says, you have always loved the Muppets. You will always love the Muppets. Why don't you get a Muppet tattoo? I said, nailed it. So I just took his head, uh, animal's head and said, that's what I want. I want to get animal's head. Originally I was going to get on my shoulder. They took the, um, tattoo needle and poked me one time in the shoulder. Mm. And I was like, Nope, I'm good. And I looked at the guy and said, what is one of the least painful places that I can get a tattoo? And he said, your calf. And I said, my mom said, that's great because you can wear pants when you have like a real job and nobody will know you have this tattoo. Mind you, Max, if I skip this part, I am a 14-year-old freshman in high school. Uh, how are you allowed? Can parents sign off? Oh, yeah. Before 18? 100%. 100%. Okay. Up to, what's, the, what's the age, though? I don't you, know you that can't take an eight, You can't take an 8-year-old. I, I, says who? I have no idea. Okay. I'm sure there are some cultures where, tat, like in Hawaii, where tattooing happens. We're not incredibly in Hawaii. Hawaii. We're not in Hawaii. This girl who's there with her boyfriend. Again, I just want you to remember, I'm 14 years old. This, this girl must have been maybe 19 or 20. And she's like kind of like lurching and seeing what's going on. She comes over to me and she's like, Oh yeah, get it on your calf for sure. Just starts talking to me. I freeze up. I'm like, Oh my God, this woman's talking to me. She's like, I got this tattoo and she pulls her breast out in front of me and shows me her tattoo with my mom a foot away from me. And so like, this explains a lot. I'm equally you. like mortified and like excited at the same time. Yeah. And, and the woman says, I'll hold your hand while you get your tattoo. If you want. And I look at my mom, I'm like, mom, can you get out of here for right now, please? And my mom was so cool about it. She's like, I'm going to go back and look at the magazine. I'm like, or the, the booklet. Yep. So I've got my leg up on the table. My that's left, how you met Trish. That's, <laughs> who's not 20 years older than I am. No, but that'd be a great me cute. <laughs> right. However old she is, it doesn't matter. Where is she now? Let's look her out. I know, right? She's listening to the podcast. She'll give us a call. That woman was Pamela Anderson. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll never forget when she took her breast out and showed me her tattoo. I just was like, this is. What was the tattoo? I don't even remember. <laughs> 
<laughs> weren't I, looking. I blacked out. I blacked out, and I woke up with her uh, initials tattooed across my heart. So I, I, I take a look around. My mom's in the corner. I start getting the tattoo, and I'm holding her hand. But I'm acting tough now, right? Because this girl's holding my hand. And Max, that's how I got my animal tattoo. And now, especially having lost my mom when I was so young, it is one of my fondest memories of being with my mom, who loved the tattoo. And I went back to school. I got this done during spring break, mm. my freshman year of high school. I went back to school, and people were absolutely stunned. Yeah. A freshman just got a tattoo of animal from the Muppets. No, it's bizarre. Honestly. Yeah. It's super bizarre. And that's how I got to here. Wow. Makes so a here we are. This is Look like, at me. You know what this is? This is the beginning scene of The Last Crusade. I finally understand why you wear the whip and why you have the hat and the scar and the snakes. That's a great call. Yeah. Yeah. And why I feel the way I do about my mom. This is a great call. Yeah. Excellent. Max. That was very Indiana was the dog. I also feel like we're like 40 minutes into the Who podcast. Cares? Yeah, it's all right. Hey, today well, so it's Muppet Sunday, Once buddy. in a while, I mean, we, we do the Muppets because of the importance it is to you. You know what I mean? Like, And that's why I want to know why. Wow. And, be, and people who have been listening to the podcast want to understand the psychology of the people. Think we're, the we're, psych. the, we're the buddies of the people there around are. there. Listening you know to what, Max? You're killing it today. Thank you. I might keep you around another year. You made me nervous when I came in. I was like, Mo might fire me. <laughs> I don't know. You just had a look in your eye. I love that you think you're going to get fired yeah. today. <laughs> you're going to get fired on Muppet Sunday. Not on Muppet no, Sunday. Not on, I need someone to talk to the Muppets. All right. Let's get into this movie, Max. Yep. Max, the Muppets graduate from college and decide to take their senior review on the road. They hit the streets of Manhattan trying to sell their show to producers, finally find one young and idealistic enough to take their show. After several mishaps and much confusion and a case of amnesia, things begin to come together for them. It's adorable. It is. It's a feel-good movie. And you know what I love most about it? I didn't realize this until I read the uh, like the facts and all. This is a movie without an antagonist or villain. Oh, yeah, you're They're right. They're really not battling anything. Yeah. Isn't that neat? I never thought of that. You're yeah. absolutely right. It's just, you know, the hard streets of New York. Yeah. Let me tell you about City. <laughs> it's good. It's dog. It's cat. <laughs> it's soup. It's soup. <laughs> He's Pete's the best. Can I do the full quote? Yes. Uh, okay. me, I want Pete quotes. Hey. I, I, you, ask me if you want Pete quotes. Hey, I tell you what it is. Big City. Hmm? Live, work, huh? But not city only. Only peoples. Peoples is peoples. Peoples is peoples. No, it's buildings. It's tomatoes, huh? It's peoples. It's dancing. It's music. It's potatoes. So peoples is peoples, okay? I would buy a, a solid plain t-shirt <laughs> in cursive that said peoples is peoples, and then underneath, Pete. Yeah. Pete's great. Pete's great. Not a great diner owner, though. No, actually, I think a classic diner owner. That Greek salad on the uh, the advertisement in the yeah, back looked really look good. good. Yeah, no, it looked good. I, it I like good. a good Greek salad. I in the 80s. Uh, Max. Yes. The film's title is a reference to the 1925 song Manhattan by uh, Lawrence Hart and Richard Rogers. And the lyric is, I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. So the Muppets made this kind of popular by Take Manhattan, and they use that in other TV shows and movies since then. Yeah, it's catchy. Well. It really is. Um, also, this is so far the only Muppet movie not to use any fourth wall references. It really upset me. <laughs> I love, love fourth, fourth wall, wall references. Yeah. What's your favorite moment of this movie? Because mine, I already know. Mine's the penguins. Like, what am I hiring in the entire zoo? Are there penguins? Like, yeah. you kind of hate jobs? We're trying to make a living here. Yeah, you love slapstick. Yeah. You know, well, the my, rats are good, good, good I too. I do love the rats. My favorite scene in this movie. No, not scene. My favorite moment, moment is so stupid. It's so stupid. What, Miss Piggy and Joan Rivers? No, not that's really funny. Especially the story behind that. Yeah. Do you know the story behind that? No, hit me. Oh, all right. Well, I'll get to that in a second. My favorite moment in the movie is when Kermit, at the very end, gets done singing to his friends and they go out on stage and they get into their, you know, look at us, here we are. And Dr. Teeth looks up at him and goes, 
Kermit, he's back. And like, it's like the, like you feel the excitement of a Muppet. Like he's like so excited because they, they kind of screwed this up and how they filmed it. Cause I think at the beginning when they find Kermit, you can see Dr. Teeth in the electric mayhem in the actual dressing room. Mm. But when he gets on stage, they act surprised to see him and whatever, whatever reason that tickles my fancy every time. You don't like Gil and Jill and Bill? Gil. Might make me ill. Bill. From the grill. That's great. Do you know that's about Henson's life too? Cause he was an advertisement oh, yeah. for a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those frogs look very uh, familiar. They're his earlier versions of Kermit. They all look like Kermit. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, no, I mean like the real early ones, like when he was on the tonight show. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. So I'll tell you the Joan Rivers story. Okay. Uh, they got there and they were filming. So Frank Oz is the voice of Miss Piggy. Yep. And there just wasn't a lot of chemistry. Like it wasn't all that great between the two of them. And they only had one day to shoot with Joan Rivers. So as a result of their chemistry, uh, Frank Oz sent someone to go grab them each two cocktails. Now I'm showing that it was Bloody Mary's, which sounds kind of gross in the middle of shooting. But hey, you see a bloody one, a bloody. I right. I saw another one, though, that said gin and tonics. But whatever it was, that's that scene when loosen Piggy and Joan Rivers are giggling and laughing. It was because they're a little cop. You need freckles. You need freckles. <laughs> you need eyebrows. Look at them now. <laughs> oh, that's I good. love that scene. It's great. Joan Rivers is great. She's great. Kind of a looker back in the day. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, in the scene where Ralph the dog is overseeing that kennel, mm. uh, which I refer you as Snooky Oakums in the intro. There are two cages. One says Jim and the other says Frank for Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Oh, that's cool. That was a little cute. And dad. the whole uh, Jim Henson being an awesome guy, I guess during the jogging scene, a kid started talking to Kermit and Henson started talking back and it messed up the scene completely. But these kids started surrounding them both and he kind of just talked to him for a while. Oh, he didn't care. Me at all. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a very good New York movie. Like you get the vibe of like '80s New York. Well, it's kind of cool. They went from uh, you know West Coast to East Coast, right? Like, yeah. The Muppet movie is like totally L.A. Hollywood, and then this is New York. New yeah, living York. in the lockers, and also uh, like Central Park, and also don't they talk to the mayor? Ed Koch. They do. Is, Ed Koch yeah. is in it. Yeah, he's, he's in a got, lot he's of, one of the cameos. Yeah, he loved meeting movies. There were approximately 175 extras for the wedding scene at the final. That's of so this. many extras. Well, and they, he loved doing this remember in the Muppet movie when the rainbow burst through at the very end mm. and that's where I told you I think Tim Burton was one of the extras that was in that pit and John Landis maybe came in that day and helped as well so John Landis, Landis has a cameo yeah, in this movie too. he's the yeah. one of the producers well him and Frank Oz play swapsies with each other yeah. remember Frank Oz has been in oh wow trading places uh and Blues Brothers and uh one Spies more. Like Us yeah he's the proctor in Spies yep. Like Us yeah, he's yeah. the god what is he in the other two he's trading places he's the he's police the officer yeah. Yeah, yeah and in Blues Brothers he's the Blues Brothers I don't remember what he was he's something he's something oh my god I got it he's the corrections officer ah uh, yes yeah oh yeah 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 Joliet uh Jeff? No. Yeah, sure. Juliet, no. <laughs> What's name? No, you're good. Don't worry about no, it. No, Juliet. Let's walk it off, man. Walk it What's off. What's Belushi's character's name? You don't know the other one, do you? I, dude, you know how I feel about Is the Blues Elmer? Yeah, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Elmer Fudd and Jake Blues. It's the greatest movie ever. No, Elwood. Yeah, Jake Elwood. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's Elwood and Jake, and it's the Blues Brothers. Yeah, Their last name the is Blues. Blues Sisters. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so... Have you ever heard me go on my rant about Pepe the Pron- Pepe Le Pron? Who I don't even know who that is. So it, later in Muppet Canon, they introduce a new character. His name's Pepe, and I I want to say they introduced him in Treasure Island. But I he's can't skunk? No, he's a prawn. Pepe oh. the Prawn. Oh. He's a shrimp. <laughs> skunk. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's fair. That's fair. So um, he's not a skunk. I keep on forgetting though. Like Rizzo is not an OG. 
Rizzo was a, was originally the yeah the rat. He was originally um, introduced in the Great Muppet Caper, but it was in the Muppets Take Manhattan that he actually had a prominent role. And now today, I think of Rizzo as being an OG. So I have to maybe calm myself down about. I love when they're cooking. Pepe Lebron. So I guess when they were uh, cooking all the stuff, like when they had the butter skates mm. and they're using the pancake kind of uh, like butter. exercise kind of yeah. thing. Uh, they tried all these different things to make it look like that, and in the end, they just used butter and pancake mix, and that's what worked. Oh, oh there you go. Isn't that fun? That is fun. Yeah. Uh, the composer, Jeff Moss, was nominated for an Academy Award in 85. Do you know who he lost it to? 85. Uh, Vision Quest? Prince, Purple Rain. Oh, yeah, you're going to lose yeah, that. You're going to lose that every time. But uh, also, I love... Can, can I tell you a quick break? Yeah. Uh, we need to take, because of my long emotional intro speech, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsors and come right back. Sound like a plan, Max? Yeah. Okay, commercial break it is. Yay! Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at weardolby.com. If you're living inside of a lockbox at a bus station, you probably need to go to Dolby Real Estate. You need a nice home. Kermit and Piggy, yeah, they got married. I don't know if it's consensual. Uh, it's, it's, they're married, bottom line. And they, they're they going to need a house to raise the mutants. Kill me. Kill, you beat me to the punch, you old so-and-so. <laughs> Kill me, father. Frog pig. Half pig, half frog mutants. But there's love in their heart, so hopefully they'll be able to deal with it. Dolby Real Estate is the absolute premier real estate agency in Michigan, in the United States. Simon and his team are waiting for your call. They're going to help make sure that you get into the right home for the right price. Reach out to Simon and his team today. 400 million in sales, a thousand homes sold. There is no one better and get ready to make your Manhattan melody with your new house. All right, Max, what did I cut you off on saying? What do you got? Well, I can kind of do a Kermit. Can I do a Kermit? No, it's terrible. It's kind of funny. I was doing the car. It's not good. It's not good at all. It sounds like bad. What is bad. it? What's his name? It's bad. Uh, Ernest. Can you just give <laughs> Ernest me, the give Kermit? Me, come on. What do you got? <laughs> I forget. Uh, let's see. Uh, you think about it while I rattle off every. Camp. No, no. One of the one of the rats oh, was named good. Tatatouille, which is aka Tatatouille. Yeah. yeah. So this could you could and they were in the kitchen. So this is where the origin story. Do you think they got this? No, from, I don't. No. Thank you, <laughs> Max. You ready for a list of people of whom I only know a handful of, but I'm going to give you all of them. This is every cameo that was in the movie. Okay. Art Carney as Bernard Crawford, James Coco as Mr. Skeffington. Oh, for two. Dabney Coleman. You know Dabney Coleman. Yeah. From as, uh, nine to five, more games. Price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, and most importantly, Cloak and Dagger? Wasn't he. Wasn't he more the, games. Was he the dad in The NeverEnding Story who is drinking the weird. No. Juice? Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. You just. Yeah. <laughs> him, Turn ch- around. him choking the chicken is really funny. It is really funny. Oh, choking the chicken. Oh, look at that. That's where it came from. Yeah. Uh, Linda, <laughs> Linda Levine. No, Linda Lavin is the doctor. Uh, by Gre- the way, best- Gregory Hines is the roller skater. Yeah. You know him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, running scared. Running scared. But yeah. by the way, nope, don't cut me off. No, no, the doctor. We're not going to talk about her again. No. Is that the nicest doctor in the history of movies? Yes. Like, Th- thanks for that ad. That was critical. I, I don't know. Like, can I, I get back to it now? Okay, thank fine. you. <laughs> Joan Rivers is I mean Eileen, Elliot Gold. I think you're Enrique Tortellini. Elliot Gold. Yeah, his second cameo as a Muppet movie, uh, right? He was incredible in the Ocean's uh, movies. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Yeah, uh, he's gonna kill your family, then go to work on you. Liza Minnelli as herself. Yeah, that's a so, fun scene. So that picture of uh, Kermit at Sardis is it up there now? It's still up there. That's great. Yeah. Uh, how about Brooke Shields as the customer when she's like, "I've dated some rats." And oh my Rizzo god! Falls in so, love with her. Totally forgot she was in this until I. I fell in love that. with her in that moment. I was like, she. She's like 13 me. there, but that's okay. No, she's not. She looks 13 there. She Fra- looks, Francis Francis Bergen is uh, Leonard Winsop's receptionist. Ed Koch is himself. Yep. 
John Landis as Leonard Weinsop. I when he's like, Weinsop. hey, baby, don't change your hair. Yeah. 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 Uh, Vincent Sardi as Sodom Numsum. I have no idea. <laughs> the Golden Child. Yeah. Never mind. I want uh, the as knife. himself. Yeah. And uh, there you go. So there was a few almost ones, too. There was, uh, let's see. Who was it? Oh, uh, I Steve, know what you're talking Steve about. Martin, Michael Jackson, Lily Tomlin, Richard Pryor, and Sir Lawrence Olivier were uh, asked to be in the movie. So, so the one that was really closest that you missed was uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And this was interesting. So one the size of, of him. One of the things that um, Frank Oz was really committed to, and it was a criticism of the previous movies, was having a cameo for the sake of having a cameo versus finding people that fit the roles. So he was that that's the hierarchy of the cameos. They were really looking for people that fit the roles. Gregory Hines created. looked like an eighties jogger. Yeah. And also I love, he's like about the huggies. Yeah. You give the huggies, you give the huggies, keep, uh, keep the skates. I like, I like running <laughs> in my shoes anyways. <laughs> in addition to all that, I'm not going to go through all of the cameos, but all of our friends from Sesame street and, Bert. and yep. But the speaking roles, Eagle. you had Bert, Ernie, Sam the Eagle. Yeah. He's calm by his phone. Fourth, Fourth of July is a couple days away. Show some respect to America. You're going to light off some fireworks? Only Bert, Ernie, and Cookie Monster have speaking roles from that side of things. I also will tell you, I have to go take a look, but I feel like with all of the 4th of July and pro-America things out there, I'm surprised that someone hasn't gotten like licensing for Sam the Eagle to do a whole line of like Sam the Eagle America shirts because I'd buy one of those. Talk to a boss. I should. Yeah. Gonzo yeah. has a Gucci bag. He's styling. So it's interesting how Juliana Donald landed the role of Jenny. By being Jenna, terrible? Jenna, by being what? Terrible. She's the worst. Oh, you're wrong. So oh, she, Kermit. She, she, got, she got the job because of all the people that auditioned. She had the most authentic relationship with Kermit. Everybody else was stiff. It's not easy to communicate with a Muppet, my friend. Michael Caine does it. Like he's one of the best actors in the history of acting. True. So she's not that, but she's still good. I want to see Anthony Hopkins with a Muppet. <laughs> He's like off the deep end. Do you see him on TikTok? Yeah, I just saw something. You and I have the same TikTok feed. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, no, you don't have the goth girls in the gym stuff, do you? No. Okay. Um, I have like buff girls. That's great. Yeah. Oz, uh, Frank Oz's quote regarding what we talked about with <laughs> the tone of this being different. So the Muppets Take Manhattan was more grounded than other stuff you've seen. Some people love that. I felt it was a failure on my part because it didn't have that kind of Muppet wildness to it. I needed a little so, more yeah, wildness. So yeah, he agrees. He agrees. Yeah. Um he he said it doesn't have enough lunacy were his exact words. Yep. Oh, uh, Martin Scorsese's parents were extras in the Muppets Take Manhattan. No way. Yeah, isn't that wild? Well, you know his mom is an the extra, mama. Yeah, and uh, Gold uh, Goodfellas. She's not an extra. She's she's Joe Pesci's the, mom. Yeah, the mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not an extra. Sorry. Yeah, I like this one. But his parents goes one way. His, one par his parents yeah. were happy about being extras because there's way less pressure. They didn't have to like have lines or anything. You know, she's good in Goodfellas. Yeah, I thought so. In the movie, Miss Piggy replaces the priest in the wedding scene with a real priest, a real priest yeah, who was a real priest. So in an interview, um, they revealed that Dr. Cyril Jenkins was hired and he was, a uh, what was he? Uh, and he was a minister and Jim wanted ambiguity about whether Kermit and Piggy were really married, not just in the movie, but in real life to drum up interest. Nah, I love it. So they hired an actual priest or minister or whatever. The, the last fact I have is probably a little bit less of a fact and more about a lineage. And when we're done with this, we'll hop into everything else. Muppet Babies is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, everybody I know love Muppet Babies. Is this the origin with them flashback? This is a little bit of the, not Mandela effect, but I'll, I'll give you the whole story. Bernstein Bear stuff? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit interesting. So the original idea 
came from Jim Henson's art department. And it was during the creation of Sue Venning's The Muppet Show. Jim Henson suggested to include the Muppets as tiny little, as their tiny selves and afterwards as babies. That took place and people thought it was charming and they liked it. And then that scene of the flashback was completely added as a result of that. So when she's having the flashback of when they're babies and they bring in the Muppet babies, it was for that reason. It was one of the hardest scenes to shoot in the entire movie. There's a lot of them. Well, because you had the little tiny arms yeah. and you didn't have as, as big. I like the neurosurgery line. But this this jump started it. So Henson was really hesitant. Like he didn't want to put something out just for a Saturday morning cartoon for kids to zone out and watch TV. He wanted there to be purpose to it, educational purpose to it, something to it, right? And he did things to specifically ensure that. So, you know, how Scooter has a twin sister Skeeter in Muppet Babies. Yeah. That's it. Give more of that kind of like feminine touch that there's more women, you know, in, in there. Oh, cool. He also wanted to make sure that it talked about imagination, right? Like the imagination. Whole, imagination. <laughs> But he was really focused on it, not just being a zone out cartoon. And this is why I think Muppet Babies was so great. In the movie, The Muppets Take Manhattan, a lot of the actual voice actors that do the older Muppets did the baby Muppets. In Muppet Babies, I don't think any of them did it. I don't think Frank Oz did it. I don't think that Jim Henson was doing voices. But you know who the voice of a, of a young baby Dr. Bunsen Honeydew was? Who? Howie Mandel. That's awesome. <laughs> that random. I love Howie Mandel. I do too, except he's a germaphobe and a little bit weird, but whatever. He is. He used to put like uh He won't touch people. He won't shake hands. That's he, why he shaves his head. His big thing we used to, back in the day was putting a like latex glove on his head and blowing it up. He won't. Do you not? You really don't know about Howie Mandel? No. Yeah, dude. Don't you ever watch like, what's the show he's on? Yeah, uh, like America's Got Stupidity. Yeah, he won't, he yeah. won't shake hands. He always fist bumps. America's Got Stupidity. That's funny. America's Got Talent. Yeah. All right, Max. I, do you have any more facts before we hop into nope. the actors and actresses? Not many. All right. What do you got? Well, I mean, Frank Oz, so I was going to say, does he have the dream career for you? Because he directed The Dark Crystal, Little Shop of Horrors, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, What About Bob, Indian in the Cupboard, really underrated, In and Out is one of my favorite 90s movies, Mm -hmm. Bowfinger, Mm -hmm. awesome, Uh, The Score with uh, Robert De Niro and Edward Norton, which is actually pretty good, and The Stepper Wives. And he does the voice of Miss Piggy, Grover, Yoda, Bert, Sam the Ingle. Cookie Monster. Yeah. Yep. He does Cookie Monster? I didn't know that. He does? Yeah. He, yes. So Frank Oz is incredible. Interesting story on the Muppets taking Manhattan. He was a monster. He was very, very, very hard on everyone. Uh, hmm. When you when you talk with people now, like he, it was his first, it was his directorial debut. Oh, it was? Okay, So cool. he was just brutal to everyone on set. So in addition to being the director of this, he was also doing the voices of, like you said, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Animal, Cookie Monster, Bert, um, the baby version of Piggy, Fozzie, and uh, Cookie Monster, between Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and Dave Goals, you have 99% of the Muppets, right? Yeah. Henson did Kermit, Ralph, Dr. Teeth, The Swedish Chef, Ernie, Waldorf, and then Baby Kermit, Baby Ralph. I gave you Frank Oz, and Goals did Gonzo, Zoot, and Baby Gonzo. Wow. That's three dudes covering almost all of them. It's amazing. It's can incredible. You, can you imagine if you talk to someone and be like, I voice Gonzo? Yeah. That'd be incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'd be blown away. I wonder how you get into voice acting like that and puppetry. Uh, like, are you passionate from a young age? I would think so. I, right? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, that's I, how Tim Burton kind of did it, Brian right? Brian Henson, who's Jim Henson's son, I think was the voice of Kermit for quite some time. Yeah, Steve Whitemire was the one in between. Yeah, okay. Who did uh, Rizzo the Rat in this one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But do you know who this was written by? 
Who is this written by? You don't know? Uh, Tom Patchett, Jay Terrors, and Frank Oz. Okay, so we know who Frank Oz is, obviously. Yes. Tell me who Tom Patchett and I can't, Jay Tarsus is. I can't believe you don't know this. I don't. This I didn't look it up. This is my mind blower. Oh, like this, I'm excited. One, it applies to me. I saw this. I literally laughed out loud for probably 10 minutes. Oh, that's great. So Tom Patchett, no big deal. He created ALF. Which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, Alf is so but good. That is just the appetizer, Melvin, sir. Melvin, you leave me in stitch. Oh, that's the cartoon. <laughs> the show was uh bum 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 ba dum bum ba dum. Yeah. You know what Alf stands for? Yeah. Alien life form. Dang. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Yeah. It wasn't Dangerfield who voiced him, was it? Alf? Yeah. No. Okay, it felt like no, it. No. Okay. He got no respect. Yeah. But Jay Tars, name doesn't sound familiar? <sighs> no. Everything is cream cheese, sir. That's oh, Coach oh Finstock, baby. Coach Finstock. He did this in short circuit. He wrote these two movies. <laughs> Talk about someone like if I could ever get anyone on the show, him. Thousand. Yeah, why would, let's go after him. He might be dead. Oh. No, why he's you not. Look that up. No, nah, he's, he's a producer. Look at him, man. How cool is that? That's wild. Yeah. Coach Finstock. Yeah. <laughs> Never date a woman with a <laughs> dagger tattoo. 12 hours of sleep. I should be borrowing money from you. <laughs> What you got a job for your dad over at the hardware store? What what happened to that kid? I don't know. He was third string. What's it matter? <laughs> oh, you're uh, eating a hard-boiled egg on yeah, the court. Yeah. Just shell everywhere. It's incredible. <laughs> what do you say we forfeit? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, let's see. Is there anyone else? Oh, uh, Camille the Chicken? Yes, you think that's Camilla. A, yeah, you think that's a small role. Jerry Nelson played it, who also did The Count on Sesame Street. Uh-huh. One, um, two, two, three. So that was my kids' favorite thing when they were younger. Count? I had, yeah. I had a little Count uh, doll, and they'd be in the car, and I'd be a stoplight, and I'd pick the doll, but I'd be like, one, ah, 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 two, ah, yeah. Uh, uh, three, three bats. Uh, uh, uh. Every kid loves that. And every one of my kids, when they would like just start talking, mm. they would, that was like the first thing in sequence they'd be able to say. <laughs> That's they awesome. They go, one. Uh, uh, do you have uh. video? I, I do, somewhere, I'm sure. Okay, find it. I will. It's super yeah. cute. So two more fun things. Pete uh, didn't really, didn't do anything else really, but you know who he's married go to? Go out on top. What? You always go out on top. Yeah, you know who he's married to? I don't. Uh, Olympia Dukakis. Really? Yeah, the mom from uh, Moonlight. I know who you're talking Moonstruck. about. It's uh, Sam Dukakis's wife. <laughs> what else you got? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I got one more mind blower. <laughs> uh, the guy who wants to make the play, uh, you know, his dad will give him one chance. Yes. So that's Ronnie Crawford. And he also played Neil Kellerman, who was the jerky college boyfriend guy in Dirty Dancing who wanted to get with Baby. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, the glasses throw you off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, that is him. Because he's so genuine and nice in this movie. I know. You know what I mean? There's, like, there's nothing wrong with him. I and know. In that movie, he's I'll, the biggest jerk ever. Ever. Yeah. He is not. Well, he's a little. he gets a little redemption at the end of that movie, right? What does he do at the end? Well, they're all dancing, and he's like a part of the dancing. Okay. I mean, look, to be fair. If to I was, be if, fair. If I was to be fair, <laughs> to be fair. Letter, letter Kenny out so, here? I like that. Oh. For Electric Forest, whenever anyone said to be fair, our whole group just went oh, to be great. fair. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, I don't know that I would have acted any different with Johnny if I was having like a real HR concern. I would have to let him go. No, just the, the way he acted with Baby. He was just overly confident and pushy and kind of braggy about himself. Yeah, who would be like that? Uh, Max, anything else on actors, writers, directors on this beautiful film? Uh, I was wondering, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Remember the I'm not leaving speech? Yes. Is that ripped from Kermit the Frog? Going, my friends are all gone. Well, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to get them all back. 
I because the show's not dead no. as long as I believe in him. The no. frog is staying. No. I'm not effing leaving. It's kind of similar. Uh, no. You hear no. that, New York? I'm staying here. It's, uh, I don't know. I you don't hear that, New York? Know. I'm staying here. Yay. What's the deal? Hey, can, can you say something to me and I'll say something back? What do you want me to say? Say, to but Pop, I told you I want to do something different. <laughs> But Pop, I told you I wanted to do something different. So put some jello down your pants. I, you do love that part. <laughs> so the Whisper campaign, there's another movie that stole that. Really? And I read about it. And I'm trying to find it. was it. working. Who else did the Whisper campaign? Oh, I found it. I found it. I, You know, I, I really liked the show. Did you get into Glow? Yeah, I watched the first two seasons, and for some reason, I didn't see season three. Yeah, so in Glow, they did that. Oh, no way. Bash, Bash had the idea to start a whisper campaign yeah. like they did in the Muppets Take Manhattan. Amazing. Yeah, and they it worked really well for Did you watch well the third them. season? God, I don't remember. So, by the way, I'm going to tell you this now. You have to watch The Bear. It's the most unbelievable show I've seen in the, the Bear, life. okay. It's about like a culinary guy who comes back to his hometown of Chicago. Oh, it's the guy from... Uh, it's Lip from Chicago, from, from Shameless. From, from Shameless, yeah. You'll Which I've out. never seen Shameless. I've seen like clips of it. I hear it's it. worth it, but it's kind of sad. Too. Oh, I don't want to see And it. fun. I don't like sad. Yeah. You know me. Yeah. Keep it happy. I'm telling you, watch The Bear. All right, I got yeah. it. I heard you. Jesus. Heard. Calm down. Yes, chef. God. Max, any other facts? Anything else? All right, where's your head at? How, no, you, I'm just how so, you doing? How I'm you just, feeling? I'm just so glad I got to share this Muppet moment with you. Uh, me too. This yeah. is a special episode. I learned today. so much about you. I learned a lot about you that you Did care. You? Oh, a little bit. And with that <laughs> note, Max, let's go to our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Max, today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is our old friend, Rich Cambriello. From Bonetown Burgers. Delicious. They named a burger after us because we're that awesome. And Big Trouble in Little China and stuff yeah. like that. No, he, I was excited when you told, he bailed us out. We had someone else lined up. It's tough with the holiday weekend. We weren't able to secure them. Uh, he hopped in and we asked the most important question he's ever been asked. What do you think about the Muppets Take Manhattan? And uh, we're going to get that answer right now. Let's hear what he had to say. Cheer me, cheer me, cheer me, cheer me, cheer me. Hey guys, Rich Cambriello from Daddy's Bonetown Burgers. Once again for Fan Spotlight of the Week. Thank you. It's always a blast doing these, and I love the fact that they called me up last minute being like, hey, can you handle doing the Muppets Take Manhattan? Duh, of course I can. But to be 110% honest, I actually haven't seen this movie since it came out in 1984, but the cool thing about that was I remember my mom taking me to McDonald's, I believe it was, right afterwards and got a Happy Meal, and I got a Muppets Take Manhattan's glass, you know, to drink from all that stuff, and I still have it, and I think that's really cool, and it just reminds me of my mom. Anyway, on to the movie. It's a blast. You know, it's hilarious. It's all the Muppets all over again with a star-studded cast, shortlist being like Gregory Hines, which we all know and love from History of the World Part 1. You know, Joan Rivers, Liza Minnelli, Brooke Shields, you know, very, very young Brooke Shields, and Mayor Ed Koch. That guy got into more movies and more TV than any other politician I've ever seen in my entire life. And I got to say, my favorite scene after rewatching this almost 25, 30, 35, I'm really bad at math. Please don't ask me to do that, is when they go to Dabney Coleman's office. Yes, Dabney Coleman. Love Dabney, Dabney Coleman. He is the best bad guy known to man. And he's hilarious, and he's swarmy, and he's kind of a jerk. But the best fun side note of Dabney Coleman's scene is his secretary, played by Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Beverly Crusher on Star Trek, The Next Generation. Yeah, yeah, I know that stuff too. Anyway, the best thing is he's sitting there going, he's listening to their spiel and like, you know what? You know what? Yeah, I smell something. The whole group stops, turns around, and looks at Ralph. And he's like, why does everyone always blame dogs? I literally cackled. I laughed out loud. It was hilarious. 
So there's my quick take, very, very quick take on the Muppets Take Manhattan. Again, Rich Cambriello from Daddy's Bone Town Burgers out in Boston. Mo, Max, love you. Please don't ever stop. And if you ever want to go over the Ice Pirates, because I know Max is salivating to do it, give me a call. Bye-bye. I love that he has the glass. Yeah, and the fact about the Star Trek stuff was really cool. Uh, but I also love the scene he's talking about. The Muppets were so good about that's what you that's what you love about the Muppets is just the offbeat, skip a beat, yeah. you know, jokes like oh, the Family you know, Guy yeah. before Family Guy. You love it. You yeah. love it. Um, check out Bone Town Burgers. Oh my god, it's so good. I know we need to really make a pilgrimage and grab some. Well, next time I come to Massachusetts, I'm going. Uh, well, you you have no excuse not to go. I know. I've it's your hometown. Myself. I yeah. know. It's unbelievable. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and giving a wonderful perspective on your. Everybody's got the warm fuzzies about the Muppets. Yeah, that's the They've best. Got the m- one memory. I think I have like a like a Jello jar, not Jello. You got Jello in my head. A jam jar collection of like Muppets sitting around. I gotta find. Send that. me some pictures. I'll post I them. I'll send you pictures. You love a good picture. I do. Max. With that being said, we have completed our episode of the Muppets Take Manhattan. Uh, as always, if you have not yet, please subscribe, follow, like, leave a review. More content, more input. Head on over to any social media platform. Buzzinthetower.com. At Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, the Tower. BuzzintheTower.com for officially licensed merchandise and Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower. Max, you got any big plans for the 4th of July? I'm going to watch. Who cares? We're going to move on. Okay. I, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Just joking. You going to watch right. Independence Day? <laughs> well, yeah. We're going to survive. We're going to endure because this is Bill Pullman's America. Woo! You MAGA hat wearing son of a... Okay, no. go. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, how how crazy do you think he was in that movie versus now? I think that he didn't act. He just went on stage and they're just like, just yeah. be you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no plans for the fourth? I, I was going to say, my, oh, me- took for a while. my mechanic is going to have $4,000 worth of fireworks. Ooh, so I'm going to stand real close and lose a finger. I love that you have a mechanic. That excites me. Yeah, he does a lot of funny things. Mechanical work, I yeah. assume. Bob. I have nothing going on other than giving my kids cheap fireworks and hoping they don't injure themselves. Roman candles? You got it. Yeah. So on that note, Max, how do you want to end this? So I told Mo, listen, buddy, I don't take my clothes off for anybody, even if it is artistic. It's a good Janice. <laughs> it's a real good Janice. By the way, someone posted this, all girls in 2023 look Our like Janice. Janice. <laughs> That's amazing. Muppets That's predicted. Really, yeah, really good. it really is. <laughs> Max, why don't you try something like this? Ocean breeze soap will get you clean. <laughs> I don't like it. No, you're right. I gotta do something, I gotta do something better than that. <laughs> no, that's what Gil said. <laughs> I know, but I also don't. I gotta do something better. Kermit. So the grizzly bear, he walks out of the room. Well, now the panda bear is just sitting there. He thinks to himself, "This is odd." And then, what do you know? The phone rings. You know who it is? The polar bear. And the polar bear, he says to the panda bear, I didn't know it was a koala bear. Get it? Koala? Waka waka! (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.